this is one of my favorite things we do, which is called Ask Me Anything. But you're not asking asking me, you're basically asking an expert anything. So this is Ask Me Anything with Matthew Hanks, who is our listing specialist. I just want to get us rolling with one of the questions someone asked earlier. And I don't know if you have a preference of where we start, Matthew, but can I ask you any of these uh, these three questions from earlier? Whatever you would like. All right, cool. So let's start with Connie Roller's question, which was... Uh, where does your business come from? Like percentages. If you look at all the listings you've taken in the last year, um, where uh, do you have a breakdown? Did you look it up your breakdowns or where they came from? Um, well, with Connie's question earlier, I would not have been able to answer that when she asked it. But fortunately with that question, had a little bit of time between then on the power huddle and now. And our business manager, Tammy, went back and, and looked at all of this. And so I do have the answers. So last year, this is in 2020, <clears throat> our business was broken out. We had uh, 98 closings in 2020. And of the 98, 53% were sellers. So we had 53% uh, listings, 46% buyers, and 1% referrals. So I think that ended up being two referrals. But we had, so that was the three sources of income, listings, buyers, referrals. And the way it was broken down and where that business came from was sphere of influence. And I've been in the business 18 years. So we got a lot of past clients, a lot of sphere of influence. Lived in this area, uh, in the Gaston area, just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. Lived here for many, many years. Grew up here. So I ended up knowing a lot of people. We're very involved in the community. So we have a big sphere of influence and a lot of past clients. So, so to answer the question, 41% sphere of influence, just people that I know in the community. And we do a, uh, we have to, we make a big effort to stay in touch with those people. And so, and then 23% past clients. And then the next one, the third for us was cold calls. We spent quite a bit of time last year calling circle prospecting uh, using a system called Prospect Boss, <clears throat> like a Mojo dialer or Vulcan 7 type of dialer, and then also staying in touch with uh, for sale by owners in the area. So 11% were of our listings came from listing appointments that we went on that were either for sale by owners in the area or people with circle prospecting, letting them know that we're active in the market right now. It's an excellent time to sell. Are they open to meeting with a real estate professional in the area? And they would say yes. And we'd come in and we would talk to them about who we are and what the market looks like right now and what our process would look like for them to put a sign in the yard and see how things go with selling their property. And so um, looking back over our closings from last year, 11% of our business came from cold calls. Awesome. All right. So if anybody has questions, we're just getting started. So I'm going to mute it out on my, on my, uh, got this thing over here. I'm this one got to mute it out and too many devices playing this thing. If you're on Facebook, drop a link into the, or drop a question into the comments so we can ask it. Mandy, Lupe, Carrie, who are here. If you've got a question for Matthew, ask us live. That's why we're doing this thing live. So you can literally dive into Matthew Hank's brain and see in terms of listing. So scary. I, I got a list of questions I can keep asking. He was, That's he was, scary. If you just joined us, he was answering kind of his breakdown of where his listings came from. He has been in business for a while, which helps, but it, he didn't start out always being in the business, right? So, I mean, you get, you get different phases as you grow your listing inventory. Do you have any specific questions, guys, or should I keep asking away with my questions <coughs> I've got? All right. Still me, Mandy, Lupe, Carrie, you're here to learn. Anyone on Facebook, we had a bunch of people watching on Facebook are here to learn. And uh, Zach, I hope you uh, figured out with whoever was messaging us that couldn't get in here. Um, would you message that in that group message or call Ali directly and 
find out uh, you know, if they can restart the meeting, see if that'll help her get in or if it, double check that link. All right, uh, I got a question here from Lonnie Fisher on Facebook, which said, uh, what's your best script you're using to convert leads? I'm assuming she was referencing when you were talking about circle prospecting a minute ago, but because it depends on the lead source, right? For a listing. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, it does. It depends on who you're talking to. Um, you know, I like converting there. If Are you trying to convert a lead into an appointment? Are you trying to, uh, are you on the appointment, the listing appointment, converting that prospect into a client and getting them to sign the paperwork? Uh, I like Michael Hellickson has a favorite uh, closing script that he says, are there any other questions before we get started with the paperwork? And the secret weapon there is to nod your head side to side, and they just cannot overcome that. So uh, it's kind of a secret, but it does work and it works very well. Um, you know, typically overcoming, you know, like for an appointment, one of the easiest ways is just to give them, just say, listen, uh, let's just pencil something in for right now. You know, it depends on the personality type. Are they really quick on the phone? Uh, have you been able to have any kind of a conversation back and forth to figure out what their needs are or what's motivating them in the sale, that type of thing? Uh, it's always good to close with what their goal is. If you know they're trying to move out of the area or if they're trying to, they're going through a difficult time with the family and they need to sell the house, you know, you could go right to that and say, well, let's get you moved to, let, let's get together and talk about that move to Florida. Um, I've got, looks like tomorrow at two o'clock open or Thursday morning at nine o'clock. Which one of those would be best for you? So just give them two options. And if you give them two different uh, options and it's it's kind of an assumptive assumptive close because you feel like they're going to take one of the others just which one works best for them but it's um hopefully you've asked enough questions at that point to figure out if getting together is in their best interest and answer their questions and so that's um, a couple of tips there on converting i guess it depends on lonnie if we're talking about converting leads into appointments or appointments into clients so. I, will, I will pull it up and see if she has a follow-up there if she wants to clarify the question. I've got a question that someone asked earlier from Agent Power Huddle that'll kind of tie into that. Okay. So when, if you're on an appointment with someone mm -hmm. and someone says to you that they're going to use a top producer in the area who is not you, how do you respond to that? What do you say? Well, if something is, to me, it's kind of depending on where we are in the appointment. Uh, I'm not going to, probably go off too much of that because if they were planning to use some other agent besides me, uh, I, I always th I have the mindset of they're meeting with me for some reason. They took the appointment with me. They had <clears throat> my partner, Allie, and I into the home for a listing appointment for a reason. If they already knew they were going to list with that other agent, then they would have probably called that other agent and said, hey, we'd like to meet with you. So are they looking for an opportunity to figure out what the commission is so they can go back to that agent and work them down on price? Are they not confident in what that agent said about the market, about the marketing plan, or about suggested price for their home? There's something missing in that plan for them to still want to meet with me. And then at the same time, you know, we're, we're confident in who we are and what our plan would be if we presented the property to the market, uh, what we bring to the table. And so in that regard, we are top agents. So if they say we want a top agent, I say, great, here we are. <laughs> you know, we are, the, we are top agents in our market and we're top agents for a reason. We've worked very, very hard at developing systems and marketing plans and communication styles that work for all of our clients. And the results speak for themselves. So I would like to ask enough questions to figure out, well, what, what do they consider a top agent? 
And who is that person that they're considering going with? And why have they not already made the decision to meet with that person and sign the paperwork instead of just taking the time to meet with us? So I love I, it. yeah, I, I would uh, I would not let that slow us down in a presentation at all. I would move right <laughs> I would move right through that because they're meeting with us for a reason. Yeah. So that's either an objection that they didn't like something that we said, or there's hesitation in their mind that for some reason about moving forward with that agent. And they met with us for a reason to hear what we had to say. So that was a lot of really good insight, Matthew. I love it. Cause that's yeah. not just a boilerplate. Hey, here's, here's one specific answer. That's, that is 18 years of experience dialed down to get curious, go deeper and try to isolate where you're going. Well, the, and the first thing I think about there is if I show up on a listing appointment, you know, we don't sit down at the table immediately. You know, the very first thing I want to see the house and I want to talk to them and get to know what their needs are and what their situation is. So if that question is coming to me as we sit down at the table, they say, Hey, Matthew, thanks for coming in. You know, we're going to list with fill in the blank agent. And you're just sitting down like, oh, well, that's really interesting. Then I just go into a fact-finding mission. Well, tell me more about that, you know. Um, or have we done our entire meeting? And then we hear them say that, well, I, we really appreciate your time. Thanks for all you're saying. And we're going to go meet list with whoever it is, you know. It means there's a disconnect somewhere. You missed something. There was a dis- the, the yeah, there was a, yeah. I, and I would put that on us. We didn't write, we didn't ask the right questions. Um, we didn't figure out what their pain points were, what's important to them about the transaction, about selling the property, that sort of thing. So, Awesome. And we do have Allie in here now here, who is your your partner on a lot of these listing appointments. Awesome. So Allie, glad glad we we worked it out. We got you here. So if you want to jump in on any of these, you want to jump in on any of these, let me know. Listing appointment just now. I think she just got back. I think that's (laughs) that's what the delay was. You guys are listing machines. All right. So I, I got a clarification from Lonnie, by the way, on that question earlier. And by the way, Mandy, okay. Lupe, Pam, Carrie, if you guys have questions, type them in the chat box or come off mute. Let us know because we want to make sure we answer your questions. So Lonnie was asking earlier in terms of best script, she wanted to know the best script for turning appointments into clients. So so what, when you're on the phone with someone, I guess basically you know, booking that appointment. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I was going to ask Allie when she joined the call if it's if because she does a lot of these calls, these cold calls. And if you've got a lead on the phone and you've had a conversation with them and you get to the point where it's time to put something on the calendar to confirm that appointment and there's an objection of some kind that they're putting back about not wanting to meet, um, you know, Allie's a pro at that. You know, she's going to push through that, whether it's, you know, this week's not good or, you know, hey, we're really busy or, hey, I need to talk to my husband before we do. You know, she's she's great at that. It's different if you're in if you're face to face, you've already had a wonderful appointment, you're sitting there and then there's pushback. Um, Allie, can we put you on the spot? Yeah, sure. So okay. we're the question so is, if you're on the phone. So you're on the phone with a prospect, you've had a conversation with them, and this is somebody that owns a property, they need to meet with us for a listing appointment. And so you're going in to put something on the calendar with this person and secure the appointment. And they push back and you're trying to connect with them and convert that lead into an appointment. What is the best script that you found to land the appointment? Well, the main thing is to make them feel comfortable because the probably the main reason why they're pushing back is because you're a stranger. They have no idea who you are and you're asking to go in their home. So the main thing is to um, make them feel comfortable. So if they push back and like, Oh, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be this week or this month, you know, that's, that's a little too soon for me. 
And what I do, I just say, I just acknowledge it like, oh, hey, I get it. I get it. <laughs> Having someone come in could be, you know, a little overwhelming and stuff. So, um, well, what are your plans to prepare the house for the market and just have them talk a little bit? Like, well, that sounds like you guys are on the right track. You know, you're, you're getting everything clean. You're painting a little bit. Why don't we just pencil you guys in uh, maybe on a Tuesday? Are you guys available typically on like in the evening times or do you guys like afternoons? Oh, well, afternoons are typically good. Okay, well, why don't we just pencil you in Tuesday at uh, 12 o'clock and I'll call you on Monday just to confirm if that time still works for you. So it's just very tentative. It's it's nothing that major you guys have to fully commit to. We'll confirm on Monday, the day before to make sure that still works for you. How does that sound? And they almost always say yes. You just kind of have to acknowledge what they're, what they're saying because they're always going to push back. You're a stranger going to their house. So you have to have that in the back of your mind. It's, it's nothing against you. They, they, it's not that they don't like you. It's none of that. You just kind of have to understand where they're coming from. And, and if you have that approach and you know that in the back of your mind, you're not going to take no for an answer because you know what the root is. The root is, is that they're nervous. So you just have to acknowledge it, make them feel comfortable and just say, pencil it in. Like, okay, let's just pencil it in. And then I'll confirm with you the day before just to make sure that still works for you guys. How does that sound? Does that sound good? And they almost always say yes. It's rare that they push back. That's awesome. I easy love as that. that. It's as easy as that. And so much of it is as easy as that because it's her mindset. That's good, Allie. Exactly. That's all it is. You, yeah. you just got to believe in it. If, if you believe in it, a script means almost nothing. I mean, there's hundreds of scripts out there and people think, oh, well, you know, I tried this script for a day and it didn't work. What's the next, next script? It's like, no, you, you just have to, you have to feel more comfortable and you just have to be yourself. It's the way you approach it. It's your mindset behind it. The script almost means nothing, but it's good to have it in front of you to, to stay on track. But don't focus on the script. Focus on yourself, your approach, uh, how you talk to people, your tone. So there's, there's a lot of factors to it. I love it. We, we got a, a question from Je or not a comment from Jen on Facebook. I'll tell you, Ali, she was like, this is so good. It's so much more doable for her. So you're already inspiring people. I love it. <laughs> All right, let's let's change gears for just a minute because I'm curious yep. to see how both you guys answer this one. This is uh, from Mandy who says, she's here on with us live on the Zoom. She says she's been a buyer's agent for the past few years. What do you recommend to make the transition to listings? What would you do if you're just starting out? As a listing agent? Because it sounds like she's been in the agent. business for a while as a buyer's yep. agent. <clears throat> Correct. Well, the, those who have experience on the buyer side, if it's it's shifting the mindset over to the seller side, and it's uh, to me, you're in a really great position to be a listing agent because you can think back of representing the buyers, and you know the agents that exactly. represented properties well, and you know the agents that didn't represent their sellers well, and you can tell the difference in really great marketing that an agent will do or a firm will do, but. I would say the biggest thing is because you, you you probably already have a list of things that need to be done, but it can be overwhelming when you take your first listing. And so I would say to have a good solid plan before you get to the point of having the signed listing agreement to where it's time to order the photos, order the measuring, order the signage, order the lockbox. You just need to kind of go through a trial run and make sure you have all those things in place. And that way it's not going to feel so overwhelming to you when you have your first opportunity and it's you're you're looking to impress those sellers and represent that property well. But if you go through it in a practice way, 
the first time where you say, hey, you know, like a like a trial run, like like, hey, I just took a listing today. Uh, what what would I do? Who would I call? And you just go through the steps and then you have your plan and you've already been through it in your mind and in practice before you take your first listing and your signs are ready and you know how to work the lockbox, all those type of things. It'll be far easier when you convert that in our market. And I, I think this is how it is across the country right now. Uh, you know, extreme inventory shortage. It's a seller's market. And so if you've been working with buyers and you know how frustrating it is to put offers in and you're not getting anywhere, you're going to love working with sellers. So don't don't hesitate. Don't be nervous. If you're in an office and there's somebody you could partner with on your first one, if you are super nervous, maybe you do that or just have somebody look over your shoulder to make sure there's nothing you're missing. But I would just recommend just going through your list, think about everything you're going to need, all your marketing you're going to need, you know, how you're going to do your virtual tour, are you going to have an open house? If so, how are you going to handle that? Just just do it all uh, in a practice environment first and then you'll be set and ready whenever you have your first listing. And Jesse and Allie may have more to add to that. No, I got I got a follow-up question. Allie, do you want to you want to add though? Yeah, um let me see. Mandy is her name. Uh, when you, Mandy, when you talk to people, how do you introduce yourself? Like, what do you do? You know, if you automatically just say, hey, I'm a buyer's agent, you automatically put your your frame or your mindset, like I'm a buyer agent. That's who I am. But you, you got to reframe that in your mind. And I don't know if that's what you're doing. That's why I was asking if that's what you refer yourself to. But you're not just a buyer's agent. You're a real estate agent. So you're here to help both sellers and buyers. And Matthew had a great point. If you've been in the buyer's shoes for so long, you know exactly what to expect, what buyers are going to ask, all of that. So that way you have more information to prep your seller uh, client. Yeah. And if you go on that listing appointment for the first time and they say, well, you know, how many listings have you taken or how, how long do your listings stay on the market? And you feel like you're stumped because, oh gosh, I don't even have any information to share. I've been working with buyers this whole time. You know, use that as a positive. Take what is a perceived negative possibly in your mind and use it as a positive. Say, listen, I've been in the market for this long. I've represented this many clients and I have seen properties, beautiful properties, just like yours, not being represented well. And that just, that just bothers me. We're going to put this property on the market yeah, and have the perfect. whole world see it, you know, turn it into a positive to where they just can't wait for their property to be presented the way you're going to. Mm. That's brilliant. You can do it, Mandy. <laughs> you can do yeah, it. Yeah, I, I think that that's the hardest thing is to think about how do I go in there and talk mm. to them about, I've been in the on the buyer side for a few mm. years, but yep. I don't have any listings in my background. Well, so and I, I, I would like not, thank you. I would not bring it up unless they bring it up. Exactly. Don't, don't tell them that you've been a buyer's agent. Say you've been a real estate professional for this many years. I've had this many transactions. I've had this many closings. I'm active primarily in this area. I grew up in this area. Don't don't lead or don't don't mention the thing that they might look at as being a negative. Because right. you, you, you're way more prepared to represent them and their property than you think you might be. So push that out of your mind and just have something ready. And I just gave you one thing that you could play off of that in case they bring it up, say, well, tell me about some other listings that you've sold. Oh, well, actually our office has sold this many or whatever, maybe reframe it that way. You say, and then if, it, if they just press you on it, you have to answer the question. So, you know what? This is my first, this is going to be my first opportunity to represent a seller. And I'm going to knock it out of the park for you guys because of this, 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 just be ready. Like you walk in, you cannot wait for them to ask that question. Cool. 
I love it. Great question, Mandy. Thank you. And this will tie in then to one of our other questions someone asked. So for both you guys, um, they were asking about best sources for lead generation for listings. So let's do this in two parts, right? I know we got about 10 minutes left till the end of this thing, and I can get a few more questions in. If you were going to go take your very first listing ever, where would you start for lead generation? And now that you're further on in the system and you're kind of building in these days with a bigger machine, where do you look to for uh, your sources of lead generation? Is that a question for me? Yeah, for you, Matthew. We'll go to you. I mean, what, whether it's my 18th year in the business or my first year in the business, I mean, start with what's free and that's the phone calls. I mean, start start with the people that you know, like like Mandy as an example. <clears throat> Mandy, can I use an example? Just getting started in the, on the listing side. So there is a group of people that you know in your community. And each one of those people know two, three, four hundred people on their own. So let's say, and we all know all these people. So let's say there's there's two hundred people you know, and each one of them knows two hundred people. Let's do the quick math: two hundred times two hundred, forty thousand people. Okay. Now everybody buys and sells on average every seven years, right? So let's divide by seven. That's. 5,700 people buying and selling this year that you're one referral away from. You're one group text away. You're, you're one uh, referral away from that person that you know. And that's not even your big sphere. 200, you can go through your list and come up with 200 people. And the phone calls are free and they're fun. Say, so, hey, you know, Jennifer, hey, it's Mandy. How you doing? How you been? How's the family? You know, going to work? You know, you guys traveling this summer with kids out of school, blah, blah, blah. And then you say, you know, you, you lead with value, you know, hey, we're, I'm doing this. And, and naturally, they're going to say, well, what are you up to? Oh, great. Well, guess what? It is the best seller's market we have ever seen in real estate. And we've got some exciting new marketing tools to present our properties to the market. And we've got a, a great, you know, you know, insert the fill in the blank, X, Y, and Z. We're ready to take on some listings. Do you know anyone? who just might even be considering selling this year or would even be open to an offer on their home. Homes are selling for more than they ever have. Do you know anybody? And they might have somebody that, you know, there's some people who are close enough to, you can just tell them, say, listen, I need an opportunity. I need to meet with somebody this week. My office is running a contest or whatever the case is. Some people you're close enough and you could press in and say that. Others would give you somebody right there on the call. And then with others, you're just planting a deep, rich referral seed that at some point, there's going to be fruit that comes back from that. They may call you back next week or next month, but there would be somebody that they refer you as a listing opportunity. So, and all that's off of phone calls. And these aren't cold calls. These are people that are warm referrals in your sphere of influence that they are happy to hear from you. Um, so that, that's, that's where I would start. I like it. Allie, do you want to jump in? Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. And another thing that we've had a lot of success doing is uh, door knocking. And I know that sounds so old-fashioned and people think it's kind of weird because of the internet and the leads that the lead sources you can get on the internet nowadays. But the one-on-one the -on -one personal touch you get when you knock on someone's door and meet with them face-to-face. -face. I mean, that that's just priceless. And they'll always remember you over any agent because just think about all the thousands of agents that are out there. And when they're ready to make that phone call to list their house, or if their friend needs to list their house or buy a house, they're going to remember you over anyone just knocking on their door. You know, And even if you don't have the right thing to say, as long as you leave that front door and you make them feel good and you make them smile or feel comfortable, you win. 
you win regardless. And that's free. I mean, that that costs nothing. And that impact with something that costs nothing, I mean, it's a no-brainer. I love it. Uh, Lindsay's asking in the chat, does anyone have any idea when door knocking will be an option again? I think it's state by state, right? Yeah, I think it depends on the state. There's no issues here in North Carolina. I think in California and maybe New York, they're having issues. Uh, but that's a good question. I'm going to say safely by 2024. There you go. <laughs> we'll throw it out there. Just, just, just conservatively throwing it out there. All right. Uh, let's see. Someone's Zach's passing on a question. Do you guys run any Facebook ads currently? We have in the past. Uh, it is not something that we are currently doing, not looking for, um, not bringing in leads like that. We do um, spend some money to promote some of our posts, uh, some of the videos and some of the photos and stuff that we have. We're running a promotion right now where we're uh, – taking graduates in the area and they can nominate their graduate, put a picture of their graduate and the school that they're graduating from. And we're putting them on our jumbotron out in the front of our office. So we are doing some on social, but we are not running Facebook ads. And you know what? I actually love that. You know why I love that? Because there's no right way to do real estate, right? We could have someone on here who sells a hundred listings a year and says, all day long, all I do, Facebook ads. We got you guys on here, sell a bunch of homes every year, and you don't run it. Like, there's no right or wrong way to do this. There's so many different ways. Jesse has unplugged himself. I did. Welcome Can you hear back. me now? Yeah. Thank you. I see so many underlying things you guys are saying are the same. All right, a couple, a couple questions left before we run out of time. I got a, this one might be a quick one. Maybe it's a long one. I don't know. Lonnie asked this one earlier. She said, do you have a good script? And if, again, if it's not about the script, but like, what do you say to some, a seller who's worried about selling and buying simultaneously with no inventory? You guys got to be dealing well, with that a lot. It, it is a serious concern. Um, one of my favorite ways to sell is by storytelling. And so we can speak to what other clients have done that we've helped them with. Uh, one way is to, you know, everybody's in a different situation, but if you have a place to go, if you can stay with family or you've got a rental home you can move into, or you want to do some traveling with the family in the RV, or you you can stay in somebody's basement, if you've got something you can use as a backup, then that's great. Uh, the, the, the thing we've done the most as of late is we put the house on the market and then we negotiate time for the homeowner and the property as seller possession after the closing. And so, and it, and there have been times where we're negotiating a significant amount of time, like 90 days or more in the house, which I don't know how some of these buyers are able to do that. Maybe their rental situation, they can stay where they are, whatever the case. But not only does that help with logistics, but it helps with putting offers in. So if they've sold their home and they've already closed, then when they're making offers and trying to make the strongest offer they can on the property they're going to purchase and move into, they don't have to mention a thing about the house that they have to sell. It's not under contract when waiting to close. It's already closed. So here's our offer. Here's where we can close. And not only does that make their offer stronger, but they could even offer that seller time in the house as a perk to accepting their offer. So seller possession has been our number one way recently to overcome that challenge. Um, a lot of sellers have some type of plan. Uh, we have one right now who's, he's, I think he's going to rent an apartment for a while until we find him something. Um, but it's not always easy. And sometimes you'll have a seller that has a property already in mind they're trying to pursue, or they just want to sell and get the absolute most they can. And they know they can do that right now. And then they're going to make a plan as where they go. And it, it's handled a little bit differently. But Seller possessions are number one because you can't guarantee that you can negotiate that for a seller, but we can show them that time after time we've been able to. 
And if as long as they know they have options A, B, and C, and there's different ways we can work through that, they tend to be okay with moving forward. Makes sense. I feel like we should have scheduled this for longer than 30 minutes. We got so many people and so many good questions. This is awesome. That went by we fast. Can, we can do it again. Listings, we, we love listings because it's, um, you know, there, there's a lot to love about listings. You know, you can take a whole bunch of them and use all the fun marketing tools and get the sign calls and you know, everybody that sells a house, most of them are buyer clients as well. Uh, we, we've had a goal for a long time of taking two listings a week and that turns into you know, over the course of a year, 100 listings. And if you can stay anywhere close to that, that's a strong book of business over the course of the year. So we, we're happy to do this again sometime, Jesse, because I, I had quite a few questions I was going to get to unless if, if no one had any. And, uh, <laughs> we, and we didn't get to any of them. So we could do it again sometime. All right, let's definitely schedule another one. I mean, I think, guys, if you're on Facebook, drop, a, drop something in the chat if this was useful for you. If you guys are here on Zoom with us live, let us know if this is useful. We'll schedule another one because I think this is great. I think this is really good stuff, Matthew and Allie. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Well, thank you for having us on. We appreciate it, Jesse. Yeah, anytime I get to ask an expert time. anything and as good as, as knowledgeable as you guys, I'm all in. <laughs> all right. Well, cool. Hope you well, have a wonderful it, afternoon then. Yeah. Have a good day, guys. Have Thanks, a good day. Bye, everyone. See ya. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.